Now then, joining us in the studio on a Wednesday between 12 and 1 o'clock, it is none other than Alan Malinick, who comes in for the Malinick Hour here on Caxton Radio. And it gives me great pleasure to introduce him to you now, Mr. Malinick. Greetings, Squire. Salutations, sir. Are you well? I am. That's good to hear. In many ways. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Life treating you well. Well, it carries on, you know, regardless whether whether you think it's treating you well or not. (laughs) Did you uh, go away at all over this long weekend? Away? No, no. Was it a long weekend? Well, the 27th yesterday was a holiday, and so I know a lot of people took off Monday. No. And I think a lot of people, in turn, will have taken off the rest of this week just to switch off. I'm pleased that they can afford the luxury. What, switching off? Well, taking off. Ah, Switching off. I think many people probably go into debt to do it. Being disconnected, you know. Oh, we were just talking about that, (laughs) saying how you can wake up with every good intention of doing X, Y, and Z. But the moment you open your emails or get stuck into Facebook or, uh, yeah. Yeah, I try very hard in the mornings first thing to ignore the phone completely. And it's, it's sometimes difficult, but... Once you let it get its little claws into you, it becomes a problem. Very much so. You go off at a tangent. And I, as you know, am well given to going off at tangents. We wouldn't want Alan Malinek going off on a tangent. No. Probably end up falling off the flat earth or something. Now, flat. (laughs) What is on the list today? Well, I want to talk about retail outlets and marketing and moral value and what the consumer is prepared to accept and how that relates to sustainability. Uh-huh. I've just seen someone walk past the studio here. That was a very big tattoo. My goodness. I didn't even see it. You're probably lucky. Oh. <laughs> it was <laughs> I was focusing on you. It and nearly I attacked us. <laughs> really? Somebody had a really big tattoo. Wow. Okay, I've yeah. never understood those. That's a show for another day because Indeed. we won't judge anyone. Yeah. But I've never understood tattoos. Anyway, oh. you were saying so about about retail outlets, and I wanted to I wanted to talk about this. We were talking about it on the group the other day on our Malik our group and on the on the shooting group because it happened to one of the um, the guys on the shooting group, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. Jackson. So this is prompted by his experience um, going into this ma- major retail outlet. I won't I won't mention the name because I'm quite sure they'll get up. Well, I get sensitive about it, you see. Um, but it's a major retail out, outlet in um, in Boxburg. It's mm. a gun shop, very yeah. big gun shop. And I I think this thing has become fairly common nowadays, and it just ends up being swept under the rug to a great extent. So anyway, so Jackson takes his son to the gun shop with the intention of buying him a knife, you see. Okay. And just... For context, bear in mind here that this is not like, uh, you know, you're not, you're not shopping at the flea market. You're not going to go and buy a little pen knife at the flea market here. This is the type of thing where um, you go there because you want to choose from a, a range of quality brands. And um, one is expecting to pay a bit of a premium. Yes. It's, it's, it's a given. And is this like a hunting knife or a Swiss Army knife type thing? or no, Just a blade. I, I am actually not even sure what, what blade it was. But, okay. You know. So we're talking, you know, not pocket change. It's, it's proper money. A couple of grand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if that, maybe a little bit less, but still it's proper money. And um, so the problem in this whole thing creeps up where the marked price is not as it is on the system. To compound the issue, there's a notice in the shop stating that 
even if the price is incorrectly displayed, the system price, albeit higher, will be taken as correct. In other words, the, the system, you know, as you ring it up, the system yes. says, no, it, it costs I would uh, beg to differ with that as far as the CPA goes, the Consumer Protection yeah, Act, I, because to my knowledge, if an item is displayed at a certain price and that is publicly displayed, yep. doesn't matter what price you have on your system, you are obliged to honor the display price. Yeah. I would have taken some photographs of that yeah. and I would definitely have taken that up. Oh, I think he did take some pictures, but and I don't know the legalities of it actually, I've not researched in depth but let I let us know actually you, if yeah. you are if you are in that world and you know what the yes. legalities are surrounding advertised pricing please do could you let us know connect with us on Caxton Radio on the Telegram group so yep. so your mate goes in to buy a knife for his son indeed chooses the one he wants gets to the till and it's a different price it, pretty much yeah Oh and and I'm sure, like I said, I think this is common. And I mean, I've had repeated experiences like this at particular branch of a of a supermarket. You know, the you know the one with three letters, and um, three letters. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> um, not, not WTF. Um, the other one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for you people that don't know what that means, and. Um, you know, my experience in that in that regard is where the prices are incorrectly displayed on on the items or on the shelves, and the annoyance is, of course, when you bring it to the management's attention, you get the well trained and concerned, you know, smile and um, and the almost believable undertaking that they're going to do something about it because you know they're very concerned. And, and anyway, so get to get get back to the story. Um, so he buys the knife, okay, because he went there to buy the knife, ended up costing 100 bucks more or whatever. And, I mean, 100 bucks is not an insignificant amount to be out as far as No, it's that's a big number exactly. from a price on an item or on the shelf to what's on your system. Precisely. Yeah. So, anyway, he, he gets the thing and then he decides later he's going to take it up with the management and eventually receives a call from the group. Um, I'm not exactly sure who it was. I think it was the, the marketing guy from the head office or something. Who sets about offering to make it all feel better by buying him lunch next time he's in the shop? What? <laughs> yeah. That's so, quite funny. I, actually, why don't you just give me the item that I found yeah. at the price that you were advertising it for on the shelf? Yeah, how about that? Hey, hey there's, a, there's a concept. Like you said it was that. Let me have it at that. I understand you don't want to badmouth anybody, but we really should get these guys on the radio and just no, find I'd out from to. them. I'd love to have What them is here. your policy? Because again, yeah. uh, please message us now if you are on Telegram, on Caxton Radio, or if you're listening and you prefer to WhatsApp me, you know my number, you can. You can personally WhatsApp me. If you're in the retail space, what is the policy? Surely, if you have an item advertised on your shelf at a certain price, and that is a different price to what's on your system, at the end of the day, the price on the shelf or on the product is what wins, not the price that's on yeah. your system. The advertised price, I understood, takes preference according to the Consumer Protection Act. Please let us know. Yeah, it seems logical, doesn't it? Well, you see, logic, Alan, goes, yeah, out, exactly. goes out of the window for many things. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you're quite lucky that you actually had a retailer who was prepared to engage. Yeah. Uh, most instances I've had where you come across something in the store that isn't quite right, uh, there's not even any engagement. There's the normal yeah. blank-faced the stare and the, well, I'll have to ask my manager. Yeah. And where's your manager? No, they're on lunch isn't that, or not in today. Isn't it convenient? It's always like always that. Always like that, yeah. yes. Yeah. You know, you can, st you can sit around waiting for an hour if you like. 
And then when the manager comes back, we can have a conversation in which you'll probably be told the manager can't do anything and they need to yeah. pass it on to the supervisor. To their supervisor. Who's also not on today. That's right. Because they, they're on lunch now because they take turns, you see. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the long so, the short of it was he paid 100 rand more for this rather lani knife, but yeah. he was offered lunch next time he no, goes. No, but it gets better. It oh, gets no. better. So, <laughs> so, of course, you know, he gets the, the offer of the, the 100 bucks or whatever. We'll make it up to you or buy you lunch or something like that. Yeah, and um, so anyway, that that of course, the 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 corporate sweeper fellow is like not really understanding what Jackson's trying to get at here and trying to actually make him understand the problem with the policy and that it maybe should be reviewed. Yeah. So the guy offers him a bigger lunch. You know, now you can have a two hundred rand voucher type of thing. You know, which of course that floated about as well as the. Titanic off to the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't doesn't work. Assuming you, know? you believe that there was an iceberg, or even that there was a Titanic. Yeah, there we go. There's a, there's a subject. <laughs> hey, there's a topic. No, 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 no. Really, you're not going to try and tell me there was no Titanic. <laughs> Alan Malinik, I know that you're one for certain conspiracies, <laughs> but you cannot tell me that there wasn't a Titanic. I do question a lot that happened on that fateful day, but I I'm pretty certain there was a Titanic. Don't you think there was? Listen, some. No, no. I'm pretty sure there was. There, there. I mean, the pool's still full. We can see it in the photos, can't we? What? That the pool is still full on the Titanic, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I'm sure that someone out there is going, no, oh, they filmed it in the same studio as the Apollo landing. Yes, you know? probably. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, um, but it's, a, it, it's actually an interesting topic, that. Because there were people, certain people on that cruise. Yes. That... Um, their disappearance would have changed things in the history. course of history. Mm. Yeah, so that's a that's an interesting subject. The same could be said for the uh, Apollo fire that they had yes. in one of the early Apollo missions, that's where right. there was a very outspoken astronaut who just so happened to be yeah. in that unlucky Bob at the time. Yes, at yeah. the time of it going kaboom. Yeah. I, right. I think there's a lot that goes on in this world that we don't understand and probably never will understand, including why it is that when you go and buy something at the shop and the price is exactly. X on the shelf and Y on the system, you yeah. pay Y. So anyway, jumping back to this thing, um, I'm sure it's not unique and I'm quite sure that it happens to many other people in, in similar ways. And I wonder, though, what happens when people just accept what's going on and yeah, the other day we we were talking about this on the shooting group, and in this case he relates the story on our shooting group, which is a small group. But I guess the store management don't seem to be too worried about this, as you know, it's maybe it's just one person or something, or maybe they just feel that it's one person. But when the story is on the group, all of a sudden 150 people know about it, mm. and then they will tell other people, and so on, and it will it will spread, and so on. That can't be good for the shop. For business, no. no. And Although there is that little saying that says any PR, even bad, yeah. bad publicity, is publicity. Is, is publicity. Do you remember the Coke thing that happened a little while ago? Yes, that's where, right. Where people were within the Coke family were basically told to not be so white. So white, yeah, that's right. And I remember I was one of the people who said, that's it, I'm never buying another Coke, yep. and how can they possibly do this? Well, the next week, there I was, having tried a Pepsi the week before, <laughs> loading up my two-liter Coca-Cola in my pick-and-pay trolley. Yeah. Uh, and admittedly, I've, I haven't touched Coke now, I think, in about two weeks, because I really would like to try and get off the stuff. I'm yeah. convinced it's addictive. But anyway, be that as it may, my point is that yeah. so often we think that people will be principled in how they react to a situation or don't ever go there, you'll get terrible service. But number one, 
people forget. And number two, even if people remember, convenience comes first. Conditioning prevails. So if the gun shop that you mentioned or the sports store or whatever it is, if that happens to be the closest outdoor store to any of the people who are on your group, even though they realize that poor Jackson had a terrible experience... Guess what? Well, the next time they need something, where are they going to go? Exactly. Probably Same to the place. store that he went H- to. However, they will they will now be dealing with 100 people, 200, 300 people that when they do go in there are going to be very cognizant of what's marked on the thing and what the price is. And we're going to check it. And then um, yeah, their response is probably going to be a little bit different. But that's true. It shouldn't have to actually get to that. I mean, one would expect that the, the shop, the, the management of the place would actually be... Uh, not well they'd be more concerned with the experience of the of the shopper as it were so it does have it does have that does have that effect and Mm. then this brings me to the next point here is it it because it's not that different from the experience that i've had in that particular supermarket that i that i mentioned and i now actively avoid going to that shop and i tell people of my experience there because it's not just one experience. It's probably happened four or five times. But it's now to the point where I will not go to that shop. Yeah, you know, where you'll actively avoid it yeah. and you'll, you'll drive an extra few kilometers if you have to. Easily. I think the problem as well comes in that the people that we deal with in the retail space, in most cases, not all the time, but in most cases, they are in no way affiliated to the business other sure. than collecting their monthly paycheck exactly. and occasionally earning a commission on what they sell. But for the main part, most people who we experience in a retail space couldn't give a rat's ass whether that business stays afloat or sinks. And I suppose so, yeah. so there's no incentive. Why should I go the extra while, mile? Why should I bend over for you, exactly. um, so to speak? Why should I honor our pricing? Why should I give service? Why, 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 why? I don't own the business. Yep. And the short-sighted vision is, well, guess what? When the business sinks because you've helped sink it, you won't have a job. But people don't think that Precisely. until it's too late. No, they don't, they don't look that far down the road. And that's exactly the relevant question here is do the, do the shop owners or the, or the management actually even care about this? Or are there just so many people spending money that it really doesn't affect them in the long run? And I then, think now they, they, they should be second-guessing everything. Post-COVID, I would guess that at a business yeah. like, like what you're mentioning – at this outdoor or, or hunting yeah. gun shop, whatever it might be, the sale of a knife, even if it was a thousand rand, sure, you know that sale could be significant in a time well, like now where sales are, I would imagine, massively the down. The market size has shrunk, and yeah. it, it, that's the reality of it. But they don't seem. In to fact, be you should be upselling the guy, selling him the knife, and giving him a holster, 100%. and giving him a voucher to come back and get fifteen percent off his next order. Exactly. And by the way, when's your birthday? Because on your birthday, yep. you get a an, an extra discount and a free gift, and etc. etc. But exactly, yeah. But people don't seem to be too. They don't seem to be too concerned. I would like to, just for the purposes of of clarity, because I think this sort of thing happens to many of us, not necessarily in a gun shop. I would just like to know, and I'm sorry that nobody's messaging us at the moment on Telegram, but I would just like to know from a consumer protection point of view, I would like to know what the policy is, because I honestly think that if you see an item advertised at price X, whatever it is, whether it's a bunch of bananas, a hand grenade or a car, <laughs> if you see it advertised at that price, 
that's the price you pay. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of what the system price is, I, I would debate that and and potentially sure. argue that. Look, I think there is there is something, and I see it on on quite a lot of the leaflets that you get in the local Caxton newspapers. There is something called um, E O and E. Yeah. Um, errors and omissions accepted. Um, which basically means if I advertise a lawnmower and it should be 2,399 Rand 99 and it somehow gets through the adverts as 239 Rand 99, that I think is a fairly obvious mistake where you can go, oh, wait a minute, hang on. Well, sorry guys. So there is a get out of jail card there. Sure. But uh, from what I'm hearing, a shelf price that's that's a hundred rand cheaper than what's on the system. That's right. That should be honoured. That's that's my view on it. Yeah. As I say, I would really like to get hold of somebody Carol, who's an expert on it. Carol's message on, on the group and says that they have to give it as the as the at the <coughs> displayed price. Uh, yeah. If if she can find some legislation in that regard and post it, she had, it would be interesting. But I, to me, that's I agree logic, and that is one of the yeah. things that the Consumer Protection Act. Uh, covers should cover, yeah. but but it also it it to my knowledge it remains within the boundaries of what's reasonable. You know, I don't think that yes. if they've left a nine off on that flat screen television, yeah, let's not that's be, now be ten triple nine. That of it's course. now just going to be one triple nine. No, mm. uh, I think there is some degree of of, um, of understanding that needs to happen, and rightly so. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does work both ways because yeah. I guess the same thing could happen. You might find to your benefit. The price is actually less than what's advertised, in which case, as the consumer, you might score. But it is an interesting one. Maybe we need to get a legal show going, and then we could ask all these questions. It is a thing. I was going to to actually organize that. I was going to organize um, the lawyer that we were going to talk with. Yes, for the shooting stuff. stuff. He's been been very tied up. I must prompt him again. That's not good to get your lawyer tied up. (laughs) Yeah, he's not a bloke to have tied up. No, uh, no. We're going to take a short break. It's the Malinik Hour on Caxton Radio. You can share your ramblings with Alan's ramblings on the Malinik Hour on Caxton Radio. And then it stops. Well, I was finding my groove in the studio. I need to go out and have a good party, actually. When's the last time you did that, Alan? Party? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess that answers that question. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You're still young. Yeah. Hey? Party. That's a, that's a good question. You know, party. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. P A R T Y, because I got it. I used to, I used to spend a lot of time uh, every sort of every second week. I used to end up. I was quite into hand percussion and didgeridoo playing and stuff like that. Oh, really? Mm. And uh, can you play the didgeridoo? I used to teach people to play the didgeridoo. You're kidding me! I kid you. Do not. Do you still have one? I have several. Can you bring it into the studio for next week's show? With pleasure. And play the didgeridoo. They'll look at me a bit funny walking into Empress here with a, with That's a okay. piece of wood. It, it beats all the other stuff you normally walk in with. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got any plans to immigrate anytime yeah, soon? Down under. No, mate. <laughs> Time your kangaroo down. Sport. Gee, I never took you for a didgeridoo player. Oh. You're such an interesting man. The more I get to know you, the more interesting things I find out about <laughs> the more you. More obscure it becomes. Gee whiz. How long does it take to learn how to play a didgeridoo? Not long. Is really? it easy? No. You are, you, are you musically inclined, firstly? Well, when, when <laughs> I was doing all the corporate training stuff and all of that, I, I, uh, I used to do... I've been involved in uh, lots of esoteric type therapies and and energy work and that type of stuff for a long, long time. And I used to facilitate 
what are commonly known as sound journeys. Okay. And what is a sound journey? Well, it's a... As the name suggests. It's, it's, a, it's an oral meditation, basically. You have a group of people that lie comfortably in a room and you... Put them to sleep. Trans, trans, <laughs> pretty much. Some of them do snore occasionally, yeah. Wow. And the and didgeridoo you, is one of the instruments that works well. That's one of the things, yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, so you play lots of different instruments and... Yes. And um, make, make their brains go in, you know, on an adventure, basically. Wow. Yeah. We should do that at some point. On air. Send yeah. everyone who's streaming Caxton Radio on an adventure. I'll, uh, well, well, we can we can play a CD because <laughs> doing it in here there's not enough room. Oh, you need too many instruments. <laughs> no, it needs yeah. There's you need a a, a good number of square meters. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Is that because of the space the instruments take up? Well, it's the space of the instruments, but you also you've got bodies there normally, and you're okay. walking around and wow, you know, stepping over bodies. And I hope they are still alive. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to sweep any out, at least. I had to wake up the occasional one, but yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. On the Malinik Hour, the truth is always <laughs> going to come out on this show. Stranger. Mr. Malinik admitting that he plays the didgeridoo, mm. among other things. I try and play other things, too, yeah. Wow, like it's the, been fool, a long time. the Fool. You're very good the at fool, that. The Fool, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Oh. Anyway, so where There's were we? There's a market we? for that. For what? Playing the fool? Playing the fool. If only you could monetize I'll it, I'll tell though. you what, man. Huh? That, ooh, I'd be, I'd be sorted. Yeah. I'd have that 100-meter yacht. I'd You'd be, be a millionaire. Always wanting. So yeah. having discussed retail and what goes on in that environment, we I'm are just thinking, you know, sorry. Yeah. Just thinking about what you're saying, bringing this up. And when I said just now that when I was in corporate training, I, I'm actually considering seriously going back into the, the, that type of, down that road. Yeah. And because one of the things that, you know, what we were talking about just now sort of brought home to me again, yet again, and it seems to, I seem to get weekly reminders. Maybe I'm just a bit slow or something, but I see that there is a, 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 a lack of, on the part of management of companies, a lack of um, interest in their businesses and their, their employees and the service level and, and stuff like that that they actually provide or don't provide. And I was thinking about this the other day, in fact, and I, I'll tell you what, if there's any, anyone out there, that any business owners out there that might <clears throat> think that this is worthwhile, um, give, me a, give me a buzz because I think that there's a, an actual need for it. You know, I'm thinking back to when I was involved in that whole corporate training type, type thing. And we're talking again like 15 years ago and um, maybe a little bit more. The, the situation was interesting because the people that attended the training were, they really were there to just tick the box. Somebody yep. had to tick the box and say, yes, I went there. And the, the desire to actually learn anything or become better at, at making things more sustainable and all of that, that seemed to be a very far second, you know, secondary concern and I don't think that that's changed much and but I've been you know one of the one of the reasons I was mentioning the whole uh, the situation with Jackson and the shop and the, the price and all of that is I've seen in the number of in the in the last few weeks I've had a couple of situations where I've seen similar types of things in in companies where you the, the other day I walked into a place where I bought a second-hand motor for, you know, I told you about 
and my sister's vehicle. Oh, yes, a car. You're rebuilding a car, yeah. So find a second-hand motor for this thing. And But just the – and this, this place obviously turns money over. I mean, there are as many motors as you can imagine. They are there. They're stacked in, in, in a very big building. And But it's quite obvious that when you walk in there, the attitude of the people – there's no sense of urgency. There's only – yeah, okay, I'll, I'll help you. you but know. there never is at those places. If you go to no. a scrapyard, a motor spares place, very seldom is there any urgency. There's in fact, no sense of urgency. retail in general, yeah. we joke about it, it seems to be the African way, but retail in general, there's very little urgency. Yeah. And that's an important thing, I think, in life. You know, having, having a degree of urgency, yeah. feeling a sense of urgency about accomplishing something in your day. We complain about Joburg being the rat race, but I think that doesn't apply when it comes to the retail environment. Mm. Very often it is exactly that. It's and I, and I hate to sound politically incorrect, but it is Africa time. Yeah. Where really, whether you stand... I went to the Postnet just this week. I go to my local Postnet regularly to send out Lego parcels from my, my Bricklink store. Right. And I was in the, in the store for 20 minutes. Wow. Just to drop off a parcel and send a parcel Postnet to Postnet. Yeah, yeah. And and the service at this particular postnet is just getting slower and slower and slower. And each time I ask, there's a different set of excuses. Yep. The system is down. We're offline. Yeah. Uh, this week when I went in, one of the PCs that was closest to the desk where you, you accept your parcels, it was doing a Windows update. Now, <laughs> now, now, I know for a fact because my laptop here that I have in the studio did a Windows update last week. It took about two and a half hours. Say, 498 hours to yeah. go. And, and, yeah. and there it was with the little blue uh, screen and the little white dots going round and round. I think it was on about 12% and it didn't move in the time that I was there. <laughs> and, I remember, right. and I remember saying to the lady, and, and I was quite respectful, I said... Why, why is your machine doing a Windows update during peak trading time? Oh, well, we, we don't know. I said, do you know how to turn off Windows yeah. updates? Here's the no. thing. For exactly the same reason that in the pick and pay or any of, these, any of these shops that you go into, that during lunchtime they will have people sweeping the floor or mopping the floor or they'll pick a Saturday at the end of the month <laughs> to go along and, and clean yeah. Why is that not happening at night when the shop is closed? Yeah. It's exactly the same mentality. Or at least out of peak hours. Yeah. But yeah, and, and I, I found myself, I was in there for 20 minutes, and, and I found myself getting quite flustered and annoyed. And, and I didn't act on it because I've learned now that it sure. doesn't achieve anything to become, yeah. become annoyed. But to me, if I was running a postnet, there's no way I would tolerate my store no. giving a service, inverted commas, where it takes you 20 minutes to process a parcel. And, and, and the other thing is, so here's how it works. Every single time they process a transaction on a computer, they have to configure the printer, the printer settings, the paper size. The user has to log in. So if you've just finished a transaction with someone who went in to have their ID photographs taken, yeah. and that required a certain set of operations. Yeah. If you come in now wanting to send a parcel from PostNet to PostNet, that requires a different login, a different uh, program. They've got to start the process from the it's very beginning. Intentionally inefficient. And it's just, it's useless, completely useless. So when you talk about business coaching, I'm really, I, I'm, I get quite excited by that because I think so many businesses could benefit mm. by having somebody experience their business as an outsider 
and come in and point out where all the holes and the flaws and the problems are. You know, assuming they care. Yeah, assuming they care. And that's, that's, that is the thing that I used to do with all the corporate stuff, and that's why I'm thinking of going down this road again, because it's quite easy from an outside perspective to go in, to walk in, and notice the things. Straight away. They are, they are glaring at you. You mm. can't not notice them, but... It's that old story of not seeing the wood for the trees. Absolutely. You know, when, when you go in every day and you're slogging away and your staff are sitting around, well, you do become, you know, once oblivious you, almost. Yeah, you, when you become accepting of, of that, well, that's your lot, isn't it? And Shane, they're really good people. It's, it's a lovely lady. Her name's uh, Roselle and her husband was there the last time I was in. And as you arrive at the door, there's a little table with some sanitizer and a little bunch of flowers. You know, they, they, are, not, they are not bad people. They, they don't misunderstand me. Mm. But they just don't have a grasp of what good business is well I, I really hope they're listening to some of this because it's very important because in order to survive to make it sustainable and this is another thing sustainability you know I'm always on about that um, how do people not look forward into the future why don't they look you know it's one thing getting up in the morning and going okay this is my routine I'm going to get up and make my bed and brush my teeth and go and have some coffee and you know one two three four five right we've got to nine o'clock now I can eat something but you that's all very well you do need to look to tomorrow a little bit further the down next the road day yep. and the next day and it's one of the problems that we have in in our South African culture I think is that sustainability uh, the concept of sustainability and I think I've probably you know, flogged this dead horse a thousand times as well. But the concept of sustainability in our local South African culture seems—it it seems to be a missing thing. Mm. If you, I think life has just been too damned easy for everybody. No one looks six months down the road or a year down the road. I mean, five six, six weeks or six or days is a long time. For it, some is, it is exactly that, or six hours even. Everybody seems to be just. Okay with what's happening right, right now. now. Yep. And it goes back to what you were saying about the gun shop and the experience there. And mm. that somebody's had a bad experience and they'll tell 100 people and they'll tell more people. It's a bit like me now. Postnet is one of the shipping options. When you buy Lego from my Lego store on the BrickLink website, yep. there are a number of shipping options. There's Postnet, Pep, Aramex, a um, couple of others. There's a personal collection where you can meet me in Benoni and I'll hand over your Lego. It's got to the point where I'm starting to think now, well, if it's going to take me 20 minutes every time to process a PostNet order, exactly. maybe I should just remove them as a shipping option because yep. I don't actually want people to book and the other with PostNet side anymore. Because I can use Aramex yep. by, by example of how much more efficient that is. I go to pick and pay for 99 Rand. I buy the flyer and the sleeve and everything I need. Mm -hmm. I fill it all in at home, mm -hmm. put my package in the flyer bag, Walk into pick and pay drop and, and drop it in the box and it's done. done. It's taken me 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And here's the other aspect of it. The people that own the PostNet don't look at the, the, the downside of it because people are listening to this now and going, oh, okay, I'm, mm. I'm going to now doubt when, when they go and they go and send something via PostNet or whatever. They're going to now think twice about it. The knock-on effect. Yep. All adds well, up you to and the I, you and I talk about that, and we think that that's the case. But sometimes we I'm assume. not so sure. Sure. Sometimes I, I think, as I said earlier, it's like the Coca-Cola being too yeah. white debacle. Yeah. People just go back 
to whatever automation mode says. So if well, they are used to going to PostNet and standing in a queue for 30 minutes and time is of no essence, well, then exactly. it doesn't really matter. I'll and stand in the queue for It gets back hour. to what I was talking about earlier on, where it does, does it even matter to the shop owners or the management board? Is it, is it that they don't actually care? They're quite happy to cater to the lowest common denominator that's prepared to accept the poor behavior or the poor service. Are they happy with that? Is there enough of that slice of pie for them to just carry on going as... And I think, sadly, the answer might be yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Mm. Unfortunately. Yep. It is the Malinik Hour. Join in our rumblings on Telegram, the Malinik Hour. You can also connect with us on Caxton Radio. Prime Circle, gone. Called gone. It is the Malinik Hour. I can't believe how time goes when we're doing this show. It's just gone 10 minutes to one. Coming up at one, Lorette Morgan with the news. Then we'll have... Radio, Mr. Malinik, back to you for the Malinik Hour, the last few minutes. I'm just thinking we should find some sponsors for this hour as well, because then, you know, with their half million views every week, they can um, benefit from it, can't they? Well, okay, yeah. maybe it's not half a million, but... No, it's, <laughs> it's a big number. Quarter of a million. I did receive a message Oh, um, from uh, somebody who's in the retail space here saying... Okay. Uh, if we advertise, just this just goes back to our conversation earlier in case you missed it. Uh, a friend of Alan's went into a store, saw a product advertised at a certain price. And then when he went to pay for said item, the system price was different, more expensive by 100 rand. And the shop insisted that he paid the price that was on the system and not the advertised price. Well, uh, on the messenger here, uh, if we advertise a certain price... If it is wrong on the system, we will never argue it for sure. The client is right. No question. We usually even give a freebie to apologize. Now, you see, that is how you run a business. Who's, that, what, that, what business is that? Uh, this is a, um, a retail uh, restaurant, coffee shop, okay. uh, deli, right. that sort of business. So, yeah, and, and I think it, it should in my opinion, it, it should extend to any business. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what your product is. The value, the value of offering someone that level of service, the, um, you know. I mean, think about this. Honestly, Alan, if, if, if Jackson had been given a voucher on that day, yeah. so sorry, sir. Gosh, look at this. The price is different on our system. Yeah. We will honor the agreed price. And here's a 15% discount on your exactly. next purchase. Or here's a... Um, now the effect is whatever. hugely different. Now he's going to go out there and yes, you exactly. guys, you know what? <clears throat> well, I, I don't think it's the mistake that matters. No, it's the principle. It's, it's how you resolve it. 100%. That's, that's the part that I think makes a big difference. 100%. And, and those 150 people that heard about the bad experience would have heard about the very good experience. Absolutely. And it would have reinforced them wanting to go there anyway. Because, hell, hang on now. There's nice stuff and it's good to go there and to pay your money. So it's that simple. It's how you resolve it. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Talking about good, good stories, um, we, had a, we had a very a surprisingly pleasant experience, if you can even call it pleasant. We, um, Vanessa needed to go and um, reapply for her driving license to have oh, a, no. a new card issued. Yeah. So straight away, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, exactly. But maybe not. Give exactly. us some good news. Exactly. And and I, I um, applied for my license, my, you know, the re renewal, as it were, the card. Yeah. Which is every five years, by the way. Yes. Now, get this. I, I applied for that in November. 
2019. Okay. Don't tell me you haven't got it yet. No, no, I didn't. I didn't bother going to get it because oh. of all of this pandemic, and I, okay. I got ill and all sorts of things, and stuff got in the way. So I just left it and thought, well, you know what? I'm not going to go and fight my way through the madding crowd there because I know what that place is like. It's, yep. it's chaos. And anyway, so Ness found online some place that you're supposed to be able to book with the department online, but that never that never happens. You're not able to do that. Well, you can, but you'll have to do what I did and go all the way to Heidelberg. Mm. Yeah, now, twice. But drive there, do your test, drive back, and then when your card is ready, drive there, collect your card, and drive it. back. And I think it's about forty kilometers each way. But exactly. yeah, so give us the good news. So, so we um, anyway, she ended up with another company getting an online booking. Obviously, you've got now this other you know entrepreneur out there who does a block booking and then sells them off. But whatever. The thing is that. She got a booking, and I decided, well, I'll go along with you and see if my license is still there, and then tell them, well, you know, I'll, I'll make up some reason for why, <laughs> why I hadn't collected it in nearly two years, a year and a half. Anyway, we arrived there, and I don't know if it was the combination of the booking or the time of the day or whatever, because it was the appointment was for nearly three o'clock. So, of course, things were winding down, but we arrived there and there wasn't this sea of madness and people and noise and chaos. Oh. There were relatively few people. Everybody that was there did seem to actually be there for a reason. And we arrived, grabbed a form, filled that in. Well, while she was filling that in, I went down to the next room. And he, here's the thing. This shouldn't be noteworthy, but it is because it's so out of the ordinary. <laughs> and yeah. everyone in the place was polite. Wow. They were helpful. Did they have pens? They had pens. Bloody hell. I tell you, I was wondering which planet this was on. Yeah. And so anyway, while she's filling the form, I go down to the next room. The guy directs me to the next room and I arrive there and the, the guy, there wasn't anyone behind the counter, but there was a bloke in front of the counter. And obviously he worked there and knew the system. So I said, well, I'm here. Here's my receipt. I'm here to fetch my old license. And he said, no, no, just put your thing in the tray there and they'll get to it. So I said, thank you. And walked back, filled in the form, went and sat down. And as we're sitting down, some guy comes out of that room and says, um, Mr. Malinek, your, your uh, license is there. You can go and collect it. Cheapest. Now, the fact that he even could pronounce my name and, and had read it and was aware that this must be me because I'm the only one. I'm just checking. This isn't some sort of sick joke, is it? No, no. This is this, this is Benoni this really traffic happened. department. I am honestly gobsmacked. I was quite surprised. So you're in and out within how long? Very short while. Look, she still had to go and do the whole eye test thing and did the, the, the rest of the application. But even that, you know, he sat out there f a few more minutes. And then some, bike, some guy came out of the room and said, have you been helped yet? Wow. Now, that, that in itself, the, have you been helped? This is just getting better I and tell better. You. Bravo. And, and I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic. No, I'm, no. Being, I'm being sincere because no. that's the point to it which continues. it's got where we are so surprised when we get good service. Exactly. That it literally takes the wind out of our sails, particularly yeah. if that service comes from a government department. Absolutely. So well done to the Benoni 100%. office of uh, the, well, the Benoni well, Licensing Department. I was, I was looking around for someone. You know, we got out of there probably you know, quarter past 20 past three or so. And I think by then they, they're knocking off and it's difficult to find anyone um, uh, that you could actually talk to. Yes. But I was, I wanted to find somebody and say to them, hey, well done. I've noticed this 
And it's a marked difference between now and the last time I was in here. And you've touched on something to conclude the Malinikau that I think is so important, and that is all too often we criticize the, the, the negative, and, and sure. which I think we're, as customers, we're well within our rights to do when yeah. we get bad service. But how many people go out of their way to compliment and praise when the service is good? And unfortunately, the answer to that is uh, not very many. Most people um, will will actually not say anything when it comes to getting good service. Exactly, and it's it's so important to to reinforce the the positive. I think it really is. I'm chuckling here because Ness has written on the group. Yeah, because Benoni Licensed Department knew who I was. Oh, there we go, Ness. <laughs> no, but seriously, big ups to you and well done to the Benoni Licensing Department. Absolutely. As I say, I've tried to get a slot on numerous occasions yeah. for different things, and um, I ended up going uh, all the way to Heidelberg. Exactly. Uh, you, I know of somebody, in fact, who went to Kempton Park just the other day. I mm-hmm. think um, they were there for about two and a half hours in total. Wow. Uh, possibly even longer. Well, our experience was very good, and I don't know the entire reason for it. Maybe all the stars aligned and Jupiter was behind whatever <laughs> Uranus or something I don't know but um, or the moon it was a pink moon a pink moon in the northern hemisphere is that it really what it was, was. that's yes. what it was Alan oh my so I'm afraid it's only going to happen once every 763 years <laughs> Jupiter Uranus and the pink moon I just <laughs> there's I, a story in I there. can't top that hey, Sounds yeah, like yeah. and magic mushrooms <laughs> Alan thank you for today's show I can't thank believe you. it's one o'clock already Tempest Fugit um, something like that yes on and on and on. If you'd like to connect with Alan, you can. The Malinik Hour is where you'll find him on Telegram. And you can also find us on Telegram, Caxton Radio. Thank you for coming in. Good stuff. Thank you. Lovely. It's Have the Paul Rotherham Show. Thanks, Alan. And uh, every Wednesday, Alan Malinik joins us between 12 and 1 o'clock.